Hi, my name is Trevor O'Keefe, and I'm the pastor at Olive Branch Christian Fellowship. We're a Jesus-loving Bible church who are committed to studying the words of Jesus, walking in the ways of Jesus, and partnering in the mission of Jesus. Thanks for joining us on that journey today. We are reading in 1 Peter, the first chapter. Um, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, wrote this. <laughs> to the pilgrims of discretion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Blithenia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in sanctification of the Spirit for obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through uh through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, preserved in heaven just for you, who are being kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In you, great, in this, you greatly rejoice though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, through it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom, having not seen you, uh, you love, through, you have not seen him, but you love him. Through, though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy, inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Of this salvation, the prophets have inquired and searched carefully, who prophesied of grace that you would come, searching what or matter of time, the spirit of Christ, who was just uh, in them, was indicating was indicating when he testified beforehand the suffering of Christ and the glories that would follow them. To them, it was revealed that not to themselves, but both of us, they were ministering the th uh, the things which you now have been reported to through those who have preached the gospel to uh, you by the Holy Spirit from heaven, things which angels desire to look into. All right. Well, good morning. How y'all doing? Doing well. Beautiful. Um, now, let's just, before we even start, I think it's so pertinent that we actually take the time to just stop and to pray. Um, because before we do anything, it should be unto the Lord, right? So before we even go into the rhythm of what the service is, into what is to happen next, we want to be able to be still and to listen to the voice of the Lord. I think it's so easy for us, each of us, to kind of walk into what it is that we are going to and feel, oh, this is it. Let's do it. Let's move. Let's go there. But I think what is so pertinent in the Christian life 
is to not have a spirit of quickness, but a spirit of being still and knowing that he is God. Amen? Now let's, let's pray that in this morning, yeah? God, we just come before you now, or fully knowing that, God, we can't muster or do anything through our own strength. We can't come into this position of, of sitting and reading your word, thinking that we can do this all on our own strength. Because if we do that with our own strength, it will be nothing but a clashing symbol. And so, Lord, this morning we want to remember that not only can clashing symbols be a sound of chaos, but, Lord, it can be a sound of a rhythm. Lord, I think if we learn to just be still, Lord, if we learn to not follow into the grooves of what our daily life is, Lord, and we just learn to just stop and sit and wait, God, even there you will speak, you will restore. And Lord, you will cause us to be still and know that you are God. So Jesus, I just pray before um, this congregation, this body of believers here, that we would first, Jesus, just give you all glory, honor, and power. Lord, to you alone be all glory. Lord, to you alone may all the attention be. Jesus, we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Sweet. Well, as Olivia mentioned, I kind of wanted to first, like before we get into it uh, and kind of like going into the scripture of kind of like just letting you guys know who I am and who my wife and I are, we're not only just the people who stand up there, play guitar and sing, although that's what I feel like I've done my whole life, so it's kind of funny, but we're people who love Jesus. We desire to honor God and, and walk well. Um, kind of like a little background of how we even got connected to this church is my wife and I were previously from Calvary Costa Mesa out there in Costa Mesa, um, which funny enough, if you go to Calvary Costa Mesa, the address actually says Santa Ana. Don't mention it to them. It's okay. He'll be fine. <laughs> so we were from there. We got connected. So a good friend of mine by the name of Corey um, knew Trevor pretty well. Um, at the time, I believe you guys had a need for worship leaders to come out and to help in leading the church in, in worship. And uh, we got connected through that. Tre Trevor reached out to Corey. Corey reached out to us, my wife and I, Sam. And we were like, okay, let's go. Let's do it. Um, so we met at Calvary Costa Mesa. Um, the way we met, it was a blissful summer day when I asked for her hand on a date. If you were to ask her her side of the tale, she would tell you, I did not do that. I definitely did not do that. What I did instead was she called me and she's like, hey, like, is this a date or a hangout? And I did what any man who is filled with courage would do. I said, this is just a hangout. <laughs> I, truly. And we did what anybody would do in a hangout. We went to downtown Disney, watched fireworks together. You know, what you do with your friend. No, it was very much a date. Very much a date. So let that be a warning to you. If someone says they're hanging out with you, they probably like you. <laughs> no, it's probably not true. They, they will let you know. They will be better in that than I am. But no, I'm kidding, of course. My wife and I, we truly just love Jesus. We met, and, and I think what really brought us together was this love that not only we had towards one another, but that we had towards Jesus the Father. And I say all this to say not to come and give you a synopsis of our life and who we are, but to express to you the power that is within Jesus 
the power that is of God and how God is the one who brought us together. And so overall, we just want you to know that we love you and we love Jesus. And as we as believers should come together to support one another, to grow with one another. Um, I often think about what was said by Simon Peter, um, who we are going to be talking about a lot today, is when Jesus was kind of mentioning to him and many others, how do we follow the way? In the early Christian days, it was called the way, following the way. And so the way of Jesus, many people would say, okay, well, how do we do this? And Jesus said to lay all these things in your life down, to let them go. And what many people did was turned around and left. I think we often can fall into that. But what I love to think about is in John chapter 6, verse 67 through 69, I wanted to read it with you. And it says, so Jesus said to the 12, do you want to go away as well? And Simon Peter answered him, and I believe this should be for all of our life. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Friends, I'm sure many of us here also feel that same way, that we feel the desire to follow deeply into what God has called us to do, but yet we also feel the deep crushing and pressing feeling of a lack of community and the lack of contentment and satisfaction that can be found in the solitude of following Jesus. And so friends, that is kind of what we're talking about today. That is what we're going to be going through. I really want to dive deep. As you guys know, we're reading through 1 Peter chapter 1, which does talk about one of our favorite things, I'm sure, as believers, trials. We all go through them, and we all have them. We all shall go through them. This is the way of one who follows Jesus. So this morning... As we read earlier, I, I wanted to kind of like give you just a brief introduction to who Peter is. Uh, and again, if you guys are taking notes and note takers out there, I'm, I'm also going to kind of break down which bullet points we are going into. My wife is an amazing note taker. I, I, I tend to like kind of just like write little notes, like little things that I pick up in a sermon. But my wife is really good about like actually making bullet points. And so I just wanted to kind of like also walk in that way, if that's something that you guys are kind of in rhythm of. But kind of a brief introduction of who Peter was. Um, as a lot of you may know, Catholic Church actually views him as the Pope, the first Pope, which calls him apostle, so it's kind of different. But I think one of the things that we should look at and realize is that Peter was actually, prior to like serving the Lord, was a fisherman. He was out there getting trout or doing whatever he was doing, doing his normal day-to-day. -day. Um, so he wasn't this man that was filled with great like knowledge of God and anything like that, but the Lord is the one who brought that to him, that to that place. Um, as I first mentioned, he was one of the 12 disciples. His name was Simon, which later Jesus changed his name to Petros, which is the Greek word for rock. So Peter. If we know, as I was kind of mentioning a little bit about Peter, a lot of scholars and theologians will actually say that Peter was the second most prominent man of the New Testament. 
he was used in a way to go and early on speak to early followers of the way of Jesus, encouraging them, discipling them, and showing them how it is that we must be a church, how it is that we must follow Jesus. And so, yeah, I think one of the things I really hope that we see is that a lot of responsibility was given to this man. A lot of responsibility is given to you sitting here and I standing here. God has called each of us to follow him and to do these things. And it is not in a way that is always really sweet and easy. If we actually look into the end of what Peter's life was, he was actually crucified upside down because he felt not worthy to be killed in the same manner of which Jesus was. That is a trial, if there ever was one. It's a pretty heavy one. But yeah, I wanted to, before we get into the scripture, I wanted to look at what Peter says in chapter 4, verse 16. 16, He says, yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. Amen. So today's sermon will consist of six kind of bullet points. So if you guys are note takers, this is kind of the thing I wanted to kind of like break down for you so that way you can all be together in one accord as we kind of go through the scripture. So number one, number one is Peter's greeting to the exiled, which is verse one through two. Number one is Peter's greeting to the exiled, verse one through two. Number two, the living hope, verse three. The living hope, verse three. And number three, the imperishable hope of heaven, verse four through five. Number three, the imperishable hope of heaven, verse four and five. Number four, the rejoicing in trial, which is in verse six. The rejoicing in trial, which is verse six. And number five, the promise through perishing, verse seven through nine. Number five, the promise through perishing, verse seven through nine. And the last point, which will be the wonders of his love, which is verse 10 through 12. Beautiful. And again, if you guys like want to talk about it and have like any questions on what the titles were, were when we're going through the sermon, I'm actually going to kind of mention it and highlight it right as we get into it. But um, yeah, cool. So one of the things this morning as we're getting into it, the title of today's message is called The Purposeful Perishing. The Purposeful Perishing. Yeah, The Purposeful Perishing. So as we see here, it was already kind of like, as I before mentioned, Peter was one of the early disciples, was brought in. And as we look in verse 1 through 2, I wanted to read that with us again. So it says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles of dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, 
Verse 2, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father and the sanctification of the, the Spirit for the obedience to Jesus Christ, for the sprinkling with his blood, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. So I really want us to kind of pay attention a little bit as to the way that he greets the followers of the way of Jesus. He greets them as people who are strangers, those who are exiled, those who go into a place, and yet they feel they are there, but they are not home. They walk into a place and they're there. If you ever, you know, have been to, you know, a certain like area, a certain thing, and you look and like, man, I don't know anything about this place. This is not my home. You know, I, I grew up in Orange County. I grew up in like Los Angeles County. My wife grew up in San Diego County. And what that means is I am missing freeway exits all the day. I am like, oh, that's the 78. Oh, okay. But she knows it really well. And so that is that kind of illustration that this is not where I'm from. It's not what I know. It's not my day-to-day of what I grew up with. And this is the way that Peter is kind of addressing the believers of this day. You are someone who belongs in a place, yet you feel you have no belonging. I feel this is the way that many of us can be. If you look at it in the King James Version, that verse actually translates the exiles, the dispersion, meaning the scattered. And it says that you are a stranger in your land. A stranger. That is a very odd way to address someone. But there are stranger things. If you ever watched the Netflix show, that was a stranger things joke right in there. My wife told me not to do it, but it's okay. (laughs) There's grace. Praise God. (laughs) No. Um, Again, so one of the commentaries, uh, his name was Matthew Henry. He was a theologian from England back in the 1700s. And one of the things he addressed the scripture as, this is epistle addressed to believers in general who are strangers in every city or county where they live. They are scattered through the nations. I think that was a beautiful way that Matthew read that. He was actually from Ireland and went on to be a missionary in England at the time during the 1700s. I feel that all of us can relate to this. So I want to really correlate that because not only is the Bible a way that we can exposit what the truth is of the scripture in the day of old, but also the truth of what is our life now in the present. So each of us have felt that same way where we feel, as I forementioned, that moment of like, oh man, I I want to go to a church. I want to be part of a community. Yet I feel that I don't have anyone to talk to. And I don't mean talk to in the sense of you go up to someone and be like, hey man, like, how's the weather going? You know, it's pretty crazy, man. It's, it's, it's raining. And then it's not raining. You're like, oh, it's not raining. No, I mean deep connection in the sense that you can walk to someone and say, man, how are you? How are you doing? The Greek word for fellowship is koinonia, which actually doesn't translate to just fellowship of hanging out. It actually translates to someone that can bear your burden. Friends, I believe this is what God has called us to be in. And I believe this is what Peter is reminding the believers of this early day, to remember that this is what community is. It's important to have this way that we can walk together, that we can grow together and and have that same hardship towards believers who are with us as well. I think each of us can probably come into a place and look at someone who is a Christian and probably be like, gosh, if we weren't Christian, I would have a really hard time with you. I don't know if that's just me up here, but 
That's probably just me. No, it's probably all of us. No, just kidding. No, we all have our picadillos and things that we struggle with. And I think that is why it's so important to kind of remember and read through scripture and remember this is why God and had used Peter to address fellow believers in this way, that they would have, again, as that first part says, may grace and peace be multiplied with you. Amen. So verse three, which is going to be, as I mentioned before, the living hope. Let's read that together. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord, Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Yeah, so I think, again, kind of like I had mentioned, we have to kind of remind ourselves of this. The way that Peter is addressing these fellow believers is letting them know, man, Remember who Jesus is. Remember, this is the God who went, Lamb of the world, Lamb, the Son of God, who was slain for all of us, and yet he is alive in Christ today. And so I think this is so important. Early on, when I first started like following the Lord and kind of my early walk with Jesus, um, I was mentored and really like brought up by this guy. Um, if you've ever like live streamed Costa Mesa or were part of it, his name was Scott Cunningham. And, and one of the things he would tell me really early on when I was a believer is I would sit and kind of get into this place of like almost like sadness of like, gosh, Lord, like I know you're so good to other people. Like, Lord, would you just remind me that you're like with me? And one of the things he taught me very early on, and I think this is something that we should all put into our daily rhythms, is that the same gospel that we teach to others, we should apply to our very own heart as well. We're so quick to say, hey man, Jesus loves you. He sent his only begotten son to die for you, for the sins of the world. He took yours on and he let it go. He forgave it. And yet when we make a mistake, if you're anything like me, I go and tell myself, dude, come on. How did you do that? How did you mess up? Yes, it's okay to mess up. It's okay to know that you should probably grow from your mistakes, but it's not part of the Christian walk to sit and dwell in it. I think we can, each of us, fall into that rhythm and fall in that place. And to be real with people that we walk through. As again, it says, it's his great mercy he has caused us to be born again, a living hope. And it's not in a way that we can kind of go about it and look in the sense of like, oh man, like I'm doing really well. God is good. God is good. When I was uh, at Calvary, there was this story of kind of a lady who would help with ushering. And we just knew her as this lady who, when you'd walk up to her, you'd be like, hey, how's it going? She's like, God is good, which he is. That's very true. He is good. But it's also not unholy to look at your life and be like, oh, but this actually kind of is a hard moment right now. I'm actually going through a tough season. That's not wrong. So the story was that we... You know, our, our pastor would walk up to her and like, how are you doing? How are you doing? God is good. God is good. And one day he kind of sat her down like, hey, but how are you actually doing today? And she's like, oh, God is good. But um, my brother died on Tuesday. Like that. That's very heavy. <laughs> God is good. But you can also not think God is good and be in a way that is a facade. You want to be real. God knows your heart. He knows exactly where you're at. And again, I think it's so important to remember to be real. So I don't also want to kind of come in a place of being like, hey guys, like, let's just like 
take all this pain, take all these things and kind of just shut it down. God has called us to be real with him and remind ourselves that, yes, he is the living hope. And I think something that will help with that is, you know, is I, I love looking at Psalm 91 where it says, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount your wonderful uh, deeds. And I think that's so important for all of us to kind of remember the way that we kind of attribute Jesus to being the living hope is remembering who he is to remind our own souls of who God is and what he has done, but not to be in a way that is a fake and a phony, but a way that is a real and, and authentic and true. It's okay to be real. It's okay to not sit and look at your life and be like, I mean, I'm going to church today. Time to put on my best Sunday face. I think if we do that, if we come through these doors and we come into a place of just trying to act as if everything is all good, we will walk through these doors knowing that nothing is good. We have to be real. Verse 4 through 5, which is the imperishable hope of heaven. So to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who, yeah, who by God's power are being guarded through the faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. And again, guys, I think this is what's so important to remember that as that verse says, the love of God, like, it does not hide its face from you. It, it doesn't, like, go to this place where your shortcoming is a shortcoming of God's goodness and his graciousness towards us. So let's remember that. It's an inheritance. It's imperishable. It's undefiled and unfading. So during this time, it's remembering as well, like Peter was writing towards the believers who in the early Christians of the followers of the way during this time period, as Peter writes this letter, were actually like socially ostracized, they were told that, hey man, don't listen to these Christians. They're a little bit odd. They're, they're looked at in suspicion. I don't know, maybe if that was just back in the day. No, I think that's today too, right? It's probably a little bit of today. You can, you can go around and think and look in all this like modern day and age and realize, I mean, I feel like I'm kind of actually the odd one out here. So I believe this still relates to today. I believe that Peter, during this time, was fully wanting to encourage the early church to remember who the Son of God was and is. It was an encouragement to continue onward in their trials, in the perishing, and even there in the solitude. As we mentioned, these early followers in this letter were people who were scattered, who were exiled. They felt they had no home. I believe it's really sweet is that you actually, we actually as believers now have a place to be. You can come to church, you can drive up here to Poway in the school and hang out and feel like you have a community. And that is what's so important about us as believers is to listen, to sit, and to have that kind of hope of heaven. It's unfading, it's undefiled, and it's imperishable. It's kept in heaven for you. Man, God sees you and he knows exactly what you're going through. And all these promises of God is something that he has still for you. It doesn't change. It doesn't, you know, I, I was early on kind of taught like this analogy of it is that when you're raising a child, you don't look at your kid when you're learning how to walk and you're doing these things and the child falls. You don't look at your child and you're like, oh, well, you are no longer my child. You have failed. That's it. No, what, what do you do as a father? 
What do you do as the mother? You pick up the hand of the child and you walk with him. That is us. We fall. We fail. We go into a place of trying to be perfect, yet perfection is not plausible for the Christian, but perfection is found in the promise of heaven. Because again, it is what? It is imperishable. It is undefiled. And it is saved for you. So guys, again, I really hope that we remember that. One of the things is I was like, just praying this morning. And, and, and you know, my wife and I were talking a lot about this. We've been praying and we knew that we were going to come out this Sunday and, and be here with you guys. And I, I would be telling you not the truth if I came up here and said, yeah, but it's been super sweet for us. It's been awesome. You know, it's been trialsome. There's been many moments I've sat and and my, my I'm thankful for my wife and my family and that's that's my mom and my father right there and my mama-in-law <laughs> and my siblings. And I'm just so thankful for each of them. And then I think again, this is I, I really wanted to let you guys know. I'm not up here telling you in this sense of like, oh, I got it all figured out. I do not have it all figured out. But I do know that God is with us. And he's with each of us. I think we can all look upon our life and think, oh, God, like, you've been so faithful. And not faithful in the sense of you've done this, you've done it right, that's it. But reminding ourselves that he is faithful simply in the promise that it was the cross. That in itself was already more than enough. And all these other things that we have is just a great blessing upon our life that we get to remember and encourage. So I just want you guys to know as we're here, like, guys, like, we're all doing this together. That, that's what community is. Community is not coming to a place where you're like, oh, then that person's got it all figured out. Let's do it the way they do it. Man, let us be people that follow, you know, as I said in the Bible, follow me as I follow Christ. Amen. Let's do that together. In verse 6, as I kind of mentioned earlier, the title of this is The Rejoicing of Trials. So let's read this together. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. And kind of like the pattern of which I was kind of explaining to you a little earlier, um, I want to be transparent. I don't want to come up here and come into a place of like, Again, like just saying all these things and there is no truth of it. Um, as some of you guys may know, when I first started coming around here, my father, the one who, you know, raised me and all that, he, he actually passed away. I was, I was born and my dad had kidney failure when I was about like junior high level, um, lived a good amount of time. He passed away about a year or so ago. So he lived a really long time, um, thankfully and by God's grace. And the early part of my life was spent with him thinking all these things that I did following Jesus was like totally fake, totally weird. What are you doing, man? It's so off. And I remember I got saved. I was like, every moment I'd be like, wait, dad, let me show you the scripture. And that wasn't it. What eventually showed my father who Jesus was, was the character and the actions of what I did. I think it's for all of us. People watch you. People are looking at you, and what is your response? And one of the things that Pastor really raised me up early on would say, do we have these moments where we are affected by trial? 
And do we have the knee-jerk reaction? Or do we have the action of being still and waiting? So all these things I want you to know is that I've, I've gone through trials. I know you have gone through trials. All these things, I want to tell you even in that, if I were to come up here and say like, oh, all these things are great, and I'm like, yeah. dude, my life, even in my life, when everything happened with my, my father, I was like, Lord, why would you do this? I followed you. But then I realized, man, towards the end of his life, he saw who you were, Jesus. My dad's last year of his life, he was with me at church every single Sunday. Every single Sunday. Would bring my little brother and sister. That's where I met my wife. God used what I thought was really horrible and turned it into beauty. I have no doubt of where my dad is because I know he is with, the, with Jesus, with the king. And it says even here, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been greeted by various trials. Even in perishing, there is a living hope that we have. I get to be someone who was a good son Lord willing, I get to be someone who's a good husband. I get to be someone who follows Jesus. Guys, I think that's all of us. We're here. There's purpose behind what God has brought you through and what you're going through now. There is a moment and there's a reason for all these things. You know, so guys, even like as we're here, one of the things I was like really praying through and thinking is I'm, I'm sure a lot of us can rep represent somebody who we are praying right now that we wish that we could be with, that they would walk through these doors and we can sit with right now. Whether it be a son or a father, a mother, a sister, brother, we have that person that we wish we can see, but beautifully, the only way we can see them is when we draw our last breath here on earth. Or you may have that one that you're praying that they would still walk through that door because they are afar and wandering from Jesus. I think each of us have those people that we love. And maybe in this moment right now, you can actually picture them. And don't stop praying for them, even if it hurts. There's purpose behind that hurt. My mom, right there, she prayed for me for years. And I would not listen to Jesus. I broke my mama's heart. I love you, mom. <laughs> but I, I thank God that this day now, um, her nonstop praying for me completely changed my life. In the same way that I, I know the Lord has used my life to change, I know that that person that you're praying for and that maybe you're picturing in your head right now can be saved. There's still hope. There's still a promise of God. And what I love, guys, through the trial, is I want to go to verse 7 and 9. And it's the promise of perishing. Guys, I just really want us to get this in our head here, is verse uh, 7 through 9. So let's read it together. So that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ, 
Verse 8, it says, though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Verse 9, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And this morning, guys, I think there's times where as like when you're teaching and you're going to this place where you want to kind of like go into like, oh, all these places, all these places. But I think it's also important to just kind of let the scripture speak for itself. Though you've not seen him and you love him, though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with the joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. And take time to just sit and allow the scripture just to comfort your own heart and to reflect upon you. I think it's so easy to sometimes want to jump like head deep and on the crazy end of the pool of theology and be like, oh, this is how we're going to break it down. But I think it's also important sometimes to be as the deer that goes to the streams of water, to the creek that is slow and gentle. I think it's so easy for us to want to go so much past that So again, let's not get to a place where we want to become so heady of biblical ideas and and research and all this place. That's awesome. We can. But let's also know what it's like to just be still and know that God is there and that he wants us to to be comforted and to be restored by him. Verses 10 through 12. Let's read that together. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating, when revealed to them that they were serving not themselves, but you. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories, verse 12, it was when it was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves, but you. And the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven things into the angels long to look. And this part of scripture, it was kind of interesting. I kind of sat and was like a little bit like pulled back a little bit. Like, okay, Lord, like how do you like explain this? Like what is a good way to kind of look in this? And one of the things Peter is exhorting to the early followers of the way of Jesus and even to us today is kind of looking at, and what helped me is looking at Matthew 13, which is verse 16 through 17. It says, but blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Guys, I think what's so important to remember is And as Peter was explaining, this is kind of like what Peter's encouraging the believers to remember. There's so many who desire to be in the place where we are right now, where we get to hear the word of God, that we get to come to a church and and just relax and hang out and listen and sit and also hear amazing worship. That that, um, guy who led worship, that's Emmanuel. That was actually the best man at my wedding. So always shout out to that guy. So good. Guys, it was so cool. Even in that moment, I was sitting and thinking like, man, how awesome is this? We can sit and and sing to Jesus. We can sit and listen to the word of God. And man, let's never take that for granted. Let's take that to a place of like, oh man, Lord, if I come to a place that I'm like, oh man, I have to do this, I have to do that. 
oh, it becomes a responsibility and not part of a blessing that God has for us. Oh, no, we do not have to do anything, yet we get to do something. We have the honor of being able to sit and to hear God's word. And I think that is what's so important for each of us to remember that. And one of the things I was kind of reading about verses um, yeah, 10 through 12, um, uh, sometimes I kind of like to go through like different um, like commentaries and different things like that. And one of the guys who sometimes I'll read through, his name is John Piper. Um, he's a pastor and founder of it's a website called Desiring God. It's like a Christian Bible commentary. And he said this in regard to verse 10 through 12. And I wanted to read this with you guys in quote. It says, Peter wants us to feel more gratitude and wonder for our salvation because the prophets of God and even the angels of heaven long to see what we have now experienced through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Guys, that is what this is about. We just finished Thanksgiving, right? I pray you guys had a beautiful Thanksgiving. But where are we going to next? You hear those silver bells ringing? It is so close. It's almost time. It's the wonder of his love that brings us to a place of, of awe. It brings us to a place of, oh, here I am, Lord. Would you send me to what is next? Would you help me to be present for what I have to do now? Guys, I think this is what it's all about. It's the wonder of who he is. It's the promise of Jesus, the living hope. There's a beautiful purpose in the refining, in the perishing, in the midst of all that has come and is happening and even what is to come, there is purpose in it all. Wonder. As that song says, the wonders of his love. Man, I pray that for each of us. You know, this is the time of the year where you can go to the mall. Um, I work in a coffee shop in Costa Mesa, and we're playing, you know, Mariah Carey is going through the shop right now. She is singing. She's going for it. But I love the moments. That's a great song, like twice. But once you hear it past that, not going to go there. But no. <laughs> you guys like to have fun. I love having fun. But um no, what I, this is why I have notes, because if I go off my notes, I will go into a rabbit trail, and I will follow that rabbit trail to another trail. Let's not do that. <laughs> no. Um, no, what I love about this season of life that we're walking through, um, literally Christmas season, is that this is the time that we get to hear biblical truths being sung. Oh, come let us adore him. The wonders of his love the silent night. A lot of times in, in the Christian world, um, this like week, all of this is called the advent. This is the beginning, the coming of Christ the Messiah, the living hope. I got a text from Trevor earlier, which was really cool as we got, we got here during the worship. And Trevor told me that as you guys, as a community, you guys are doing this like Bible reading together and that you guys all just landed in Peter, first Peter, which is super cool because that wasn't like planned at all. We just, the Lord led us to the scripture and that's about it went. And I think that's awesome because that's who God is. Guys, there is purpose in the perishing. There is a reason that each of us go through hardship. Man. Friends, 
I don't know each of you personally. I would love to, if you guys want to hang out, talk after, I totally would love that. But what I want you to know, and what I pray for us to know, is that, man, you are seen, you are known and loved by the Father. I'm going to have Emmanuel come up. Um, but I wanted to kind of close in something a little bit different. My wife and I, we, we actually just came from a really super sweet trip. We went out to Colorado just to kind of get away um, and to rest and, and to have like a little bit of uh, just a moment to, to just be still and hang out. And... Um, we went to a church out there, a good friend of ours who did our premarital counseling. He is a pastor and assist in teaching of a church called Calvary Church in Aurora. And they did this way that they closed service. And as we were sitting there, I just felt, gosh, Lord, I think this is something we should do. Friend, I don't know, and I pray that the Lord spoke to your heart in something, if not something in one thing. But what I really pray that each of us would remember here this morning is that, man, there's purpose in what you're going through. Not only is there purpose in what you're going through, but God sees the prayer that you have now. I said earlier, maybe you can picture that person you wished you could turn to those double doors and look and see them walk through this room right now. that prodigal child, one that your heart breaks for, or the one that you wish it and you miss and you pray would walk through those doors as well. And these are real emotions. I think it's so important for each of us to be real. We can all come into a place and say, God is good. But what we say with our mouth should come from the very depths of our soul and the hearts that we have. There is purpose in what you're going through. What they close with in this church, and I wanted to take a moment to do this, is a moment to pray. But I think what's so important about Christian life, you think about baptism and all these moments, where it's an actual visual representation of, of making these decisions though it may be awkward, though it may feel odd, I think it's important sometimes to just surrender before Jesus. So man, if you would do that with me, I just think we should just lift our hands as an act of surrender. Before you do that though, I don't want it to be like you just do it, you're like, oh man, cool, for sure. Man, take a second right now to just close your eyes, to pray what it is you deeply feel in your heart right now. And when you're ready to just put your hand up and surrender that to Jesus, give it to him. And what I also would love for us to do, well, let's just do that. Let's do that together, amen? So man, just take a moment 
And man, when you're ready, just I want you to just truly lift your hand and surrender that to God. I'm praying that too. I, I'm not coming up to you here saying like, dude, like God has worked out all my trials. I get to go home after this and take it easy. It's awesome. Dude, I have trials too. And I'm still learning to surrender them. And I don't want to do it in a way that's like, oh man, I got it all figured out. No, I'm learning too. And I want to do that along with you. Because this is what community is. Community is laying it down before Jesus. Thank you again for listening to the Olive Branch Christian Fellowship Podcast. For more information about our church, go to olivebranchcf.org.